Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James, along with Pastor Martins of South Africa. This is Eurofolk Radio, Voice of Christian Israel, November 3rd, 2019. How are you doing today, Pastor Martins? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and good evening to our listeners across the globe and also in South Africa. Yes, it's going very well, Pastor. We're well on our way to summer. We've had some lovely rain in in some parts of the country, while other parts of the country are still extremely dry. Most probably the driest um, spell we've had in quite a number of years. Hmm. Some places, um, I've heard that uh, they haven't had drought like this for the past 80 years. So well, we're thankful for the rain that has fallen in the past week. I believe there is a flood in Centurion, which is halfway between Pretoria and Johannesburg. And uh, uh, the rivers have swelled, bridges are underwater, etc. So, um, but for the rain that has fallen in other parts of the country, we are very thankful for. Yes, okay. Yeah, uh, well, of course, we're heading into winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's been getting colder. Yeah. And uh, for the first time, uh, I think uh, I've been a resident of Chicago since 1951. This is the only the second time we got snowed out on Halloween. <laughs> so, so, and uh, and we're we're told that the war Earth is warming all the time, but I think it's the other way around. All this climate change business now, of course, climate the climate's always changing, but of course uh, it does. Yeah, the, the lie is that it's being caused by carbon emissions from uh, automobiles and cow farts. All right. But uh, what about all these jet planes and uh, lorries? I don't know. Do you use the term lorry in South Africa or truck, as we do here in America? And trains and what have you. I mean, uh, does anybody seriously think we can put an end to all this traveling and, you know, maybe return to uh, bicycles? Pastor, yes, I'm glad you mentioned about the planes. But uh, how much of that... um, that that uh, uh, influence of the atmosphere is done by willful damage, right? Because of the chemtrails. So yeah. of course they're going to say that there is a climate change because they're creating it with the chemtrails that they are spreading all over the atmosphere or the there upper atmosphere. Go. Yeah, not to mention harp. Talk about superheating the atmosphere, yes. right? <laughs> of course. Right. Okay, well, so we, go ahead. It, it, of, of course, it's just another way in which they can overburden the free man by taxation of whatever yes, they can. Yes, yes. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this earth can much longer survive on the heavy taxation that they have placed on the free man as they already have. In South Africa, taxation is becoming absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Just like California, at least at least you're not burning, <laughs> like California is. Oh yes. Yeah, yes. that's so, incredible. Yeah, it's it, well. I don't know if you uh, caught our series on that last night. I did a show explaining how the government itself is most responsible for all these fires by not uh, not maintaining the uh, dry brush undergrowth which fuels the fires tremendously by diverting water 
away from thirsty forests into the oceans so that the uh, smelt can survive, kind of like the spotted owl uh, story. Yeah. These are just ruses by the government to, to control us. And uh, yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah. But but in your country, the the rule is basically a, a race based occupation by the ANC, and so I, yeah. I don't think they bother with. Uh, I mean, is there any talk in, in South Africa about the environment and uh, you know things like like uh, do we, do you have an environmentalist crowd in South Africa like we do here? Yes, very much so, Pastor. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, very much so. Okay. Um, but um, the focus of these uh, crowds, of course, I, I have reason to believe that they are sponsored by the um, uh, by George Soros, uh-huh. the Open Foundation. Right. And right. Um, wherever there is a possibility of instigating something, they do, and of course with. Afri Forum and Solidarity, South Africa Solidarität. Of course, they are in total cahoots. Uh, something that I just heard earlier today is that the South African farmers, whom have gone, we, we've gone under tremendous strain because of this continuing drought mm-hmm. in South Africa, have been swindled out of approximately, well, over two billion. South African rands, which was supposed to be aid for the farmers to, to, be, to be able to survive. Now, the very organization that was in, supposed to be there for the interest of the farmers and to um, support the farmers and to ensure that the farmers are being catered for and, and um, supported, the very organization had sold billions of South African farmers' aid money to Russia mm. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. a, for only about 42% of its actual value. Wow. So it, it just comes to show. And, of course, it's Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Cape Dutch Afrikaners at the head of every blooming uh, organization. <laughs> right, like George Soros and Rothschild, yes. Yes. Yeah. These skunks that they they um, that they actually termite that uh, termite every possible survival me- mechanism for the farmers, especially when they boers. I mean, they termite even the South African Human Rights Commission or the uh, the Human Rights Commission's finding that the singing of the Kill the Farmer, Kill the Boer song is hate speech, yeah. the Cape Dutch Afrikaners right. go and overthrow that so that the blacks might sing it so that there can be a continued attack on farmers. Right. That's the way these Edomites operate. That's the way that they, uh, we see them in business. That's the way that they operate. If they can swindle, they do, and they always will. Mm-hmm. If they can have a false scale, they will. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Always. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they got more scams going than they can keep track of. <laughs> but they they absolutely. have enough they have enough money. The Federal Reserve can print money to buy the buy their way out of the uh, trouble they create for themselves. But we have to live with it, and that's that's uh, it's yeah. just getting worse all the time. The uh, and and the fact is that the average person in the street has no idea 
that uh, yeah. the globalists, the liberals, communists, and Jews are the ones responsible for all of this chaos. They think that yeah. uh, they're, the salva- they're the salvation of the world, right? God's chosen. Yeah. All right. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, the world is crazy. And, uh, and they think the that we're – yeah. And they, they think we're a cult, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we were uh, uh, discussing the name uh, of Yahweh and how it's been uh, used, abused, uh, misused throughout history. And uh, I think two or three episodes we've done already. And we were yeah. uh, doing this uh, one article. Well, let me scroll up here to get the title here. Should the name Jehovah be used in Scripture to refer to God? And, uh, yeah. and I'll put the link in the, in the chat room real quickly. Uh, but you know, our conclusion uh, about the pr- particular name Jehovah is that no, it is a uh, it was a concoction. Word, yeah, a concoction by the rabbis, by the medieval rabbis, because the yeah. the the fact of the matter is, contrary to popular belief, the Jews do not uh, like to pronounce the word Yahweh. It's a yeah you know, under the under, go ahead. under the guise. They don't like to pronounce it because of what they state to be under the guise of um, having a respect for the Almighty, which is, of course, a total disguise or a total um, distortion of the truth because Father Yahweh himself says we should call upon his name, not upon his... Mm-hmm. And then leave a space for us to fill whatever yeah, right. we want to call him by. G dash D. That's right. Even even the word God, they uh, eliminate the vowel, so it's it's silly. It, it, basically, the Jewish uh, you know usage of even the word God and Jehovah and others is just plain silly. It it just uh, shows how much how much disrespect they have for the Holy Scriptures. Okay, I want Absolutely. to quote. I want to quote from the. This is the Revised Standard Version of the Bible in a preface on page 5, and they talk about the, the Tetragrammaton. Yes. A, major, a major departure from the practice of the American Standard Version is the rendering of the divine name, the Tetragrammaton. The American Standard Version used the term Jehovah. The king, I guess is the... Uh, Okay, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how they're comparing. Is this a new version? But I guess they're comparing the King James with the American Standard Version. I'm not sure. The King James Version had employed this in four places. Okay, the Tetragrammaton. Uh, Y-H-W-H, I think is what they're referring to. That's right. Yot, yet, yeah, love, yeah. yet. Okay, yes. And, uh, but everywhere else, except in three cases where it was employed as part of a proper name, used the English word Lord, L-O-R-D, or in certain cases, God, printed in all capital letters. The present revision returns to the procedure of the King James Version, which follows the precedent of the ancient Greek and Latin translators and the long-established practice of the reading of the Hebrew Scriptures in the synagogue. Okay, so that what they're yeah. doing, they're saying, we're, now we're going to follow the practice of the Jews. While it is the almost, yeah. yeah, the synagogue, yeah. While it is almost, if not quite certain, that the name was originally pronounced Yahweh, 
This pronunciation was not indicated when the Masoretes added vowel signs to the Continental Hebrew text. Well, why is that? Because the, the, the rabbis used the vowels they wanted to use. You know, exactly. And, and what, as we, we pointed out last time, they simply inserted the vowels of the word Adonai into the Tetragrammaton and came up with Jehovah. That's how the Je yeah. word Jehovah. Uh, your comment well, at this well, point. They actually reversed it, Pastor. Oh, okay. Uh, because it is Adonai, or Adonai, actually. Mm -hmm. So they reversed it so that it is. It doesn't read Jehovah. It reads Jehovah. <laughs> right. Which means the, the vowels are reversed to indicate a reversal of the meaning as well. And the word Ad Adonai, meaning master, then implies that Yahweh is not master. That is why they have that mm -hmm. um, vowels inserted right. in the, the reverse. Yeah, yeah. So, the, and of course, the name Yahweh means I am that I am or I will what I wish to be. Essentially, I am the creator and I can do whatever I want. That's <laughs> what the yeah. name Yahweh means, okay? And yeah. so they continue. So, in other words, they're saying, okay, we're conforming with the Jews. We want to conform with the Jews as if there's, we should have any reason to do so. But they state here, to the four consonants Yahweh, Y-H-W-H of the name, which had come to be regarded as too sacred to be pronounced. By whom? By the Jews. Okay? Yeah. So it, it seems to me that the American Standard Version is slavishly following the Jews in their usage so of... Also, yeah, go ahead. So also the Afrikaans uh, translations, though, uh, the, the earlier versions of the Scriptures, partial translations of the Scriptures in Afrikaans, do indicate Yahweh. And mm -hmm. so also Very good. do the Zulu and Koza translations <laughs> of the scriptures do oh, indicate really? Yahweh. Oh, very interesting. Okay. And I made, I made another, another discovery, um, something that had been debated for a long time amongst the Israelites in South Africa, and that was the whether the name Yahweh was known to the Foot trackers. Right. Was the name Yahweh known at the Battle of Blood River? And I have in my possession copies of a writing um, or a copies of the the Bible that my great grandfather, Andres Pretorius, carried. And in the subscript of his scriptures in his Dutch, his starting Dutch scriptures, is clearly stated the name of the Almighty as Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Very Another good. thing is that after the Battle of Blood River, one of the editors of a newspaper in the Cape wrote a letter to Andres Pretorius. And in this letter, the editor of the newspaper that actually refers to the Battle of Blood River, commenting on the the event, actually writes about Yahweh. Good. So the churches have been bold. They have been, can, can you understand yeah. the... Bold-faced liars. Right. <laughs> absolutely. They, they've been nuked in terms mm. of their deceptions and their lies. 
denying the name of Father Yahweh because not because of they don't know it or because of the the fact that they are holding him mm-hmm. uh, in in reverence, but because of demonic agendas. That's right. Absolute That's right. Dem- demonic agenda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this tradition that the name of Yahweh is too holy to be pronounced is a Jewish invention. Of course, since they're not yeah. Israelites, they should avoid the use of it. <laughs> but not for us. Yeah. But uh, there is a caveat, however. You know, the, the fact is that the name, his name was taken out of our mouths in the book of Jeremiah because we were blaspheming his name. We were fa- swearing false oaths in his name and telling lies in his name. And so yeah. Yahweh himself said, I will take my name out of your mouths because of your blas- because of your blasphemies. All right? Correct. But if we're not blaspheming his name and if we're using his name with respect and honor, then we should use it. Exactly. Okay. Well, he, he, he tells us to call upon his name, not upon his titles. Right. But upon his name. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, so it continues here. The ancient Greek translators substituted the word Kyrios, for, uh, which is also translated as Lord, with the capital L and smaller lowercase O-R-D, for the name. The Vulgate yeah. likewise used the Latin word Dominus. The form Jehovah is of late medieval origin, which agrees with us. It is a combination of the consonants of the divine name and the vowels attached to it by the Masoretes, but belonging to an entirely different word. Of course, that word, as we discussed, is Adonai. The sound of Y is represented by J and the sound of W by V, as in Latin. For two reasons, the committee has returned to the more familiar usage of the King James Version. The word Jehovah does not accurately represent any form of the name ever used in Hebrew, and two, the use of any proper name for the one and only God, as though there were other gods from whom he had to be distinguished, was discontinued in Judaism before the Christian era and is entirely inappropriate for the universal faith of the Christian church. Here I disagree with them totally that the fact that Yahweh does have a name, he says we should use his name, that uh, here again they're following Jewish tradition. Correct. Okay, yeah, and they call themselves Christians. <laughs> okay, the, the yeast, the yeast of the Pharisees. There you go. Yeah, the leaven. Yeah. Okay. The leaven of the Pharisees. So, getting on to point five uh, of the article that we uh, were discussing, if it is so important that people know God's name in order to have a relationship with Him, why did God choose not to make His name known to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Since God was able to make a covenant with them and establish a close relationship without revealing his name, why do people today have to read an incorrect pronunciation of God's name in their Bibles in order to know God? Well, that's an interesting point. It's a a matter of historical fact. The Bible even says so that Yahweh did not make his name, reveal his name to the patriarchs. He was waiting, he was waiting for, in my opinion, He was waiting for the period of the um, enslavement in Egypt to end. Bring them out of your comment. Go ahead. Yes, Pastor. In fact, if uh, one looks at the way in which he dealt with uh, his chosen people, of course, it was a test for them as well. Because 
even the Sabbath, when he instituted the Sabbath in the desert, the first thing that he did was he said to them, don't go out on a Sunday or on the uh, seventh Sabbath, day. Right. Don't, don't go on the Sabbath, out on the Sabbath day because you will not find the manna. Mm -hmm. And in spite of that, there were people that went out on the Sabbath morning to go and see if there was manna. And Father Yahweh rebuked them because, in, in fact, he was rather annoyed with the, the, sure. the people because of the disobedience. And he, he actually said to Moses, how can he give them laws if they don't even listen to, to yeah. his voice in a, something as simple as yeah. not to go out? Yeah, is, uh, even if they hear it from Yahweh himself, they, they still don't obey, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So and he quotes in the article here, Exodus 6, verses 2 and 3, and God went on to speak to Moses to say to him, I am Jehovah, actually it's a mistranslation, I am Yahweh, and I used to appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, that is, uh, oh, what's the Hebrew there, uh, should I, El Shaddai. El yeah. Shaddai, God Almighty. But as respects my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. The author here is actually quoting, I think, the Jehovah's Witness Bible here. So, uh, yeah, so he had a reason for not making his name known to them uh, because he was waiting, because uh, he needed to prepare the Israelites uh, for this. Now, they certainly were familiar with other gods in Egypt, and we're expected to yeah. worship other gods, but uh, Yahweh had a different plan for them. And then when they were finally taken out of Egypt and brought into the, you know, uh, you know, the mount by Moses, that's when he yeah. revealed his name to us, to our ancestors. Okay? Yeah. And of, of, of course, um, another thing which is very important is that uh, it is so that the the, the people in those days, whether they be heathen, paganistic, or whether they be uh, of the true tribe of the house of Jacob, um, or even be uh, from from Abraham's time, it was their, their, their habit to name their sons after the God that they worshipped. And that is why so many of the biblical prophets have Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, Right. And uh, Zephaniah, etc., with a Yah at the end to indicate that it was, he was a gift from God or he was a, um, a yes. delivered by Yahweh or he was a, a, a minister of Yahweh or he was a priest of Yahweh or a prophet of Yahweh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so the name of Yah was very familiar to the Israelites. But uh, any fearful Israelite or respectful Israelite would not use it in a disrespectful manner. And unfortunately, yeah. the Israelites had begun doing that. And uh, therefore, Yahweh himself said, I will take my name out of your mouths. Okay. So, okay. So point number six, how would you feel if your children started calling you by your first name instead of calling you dad or mom? Wouldn't you question why they were treating you so impersonal by calling you by your formal name? Since Christians are called adopted to children of God, actually they aren't. Can you see why? Yeah, yeah, right. So th these questions are being asked by someone you know who's uh, who's trying to promote the uh, Jehovah's Witness Bible. So here, let, let's yeah. take this. Let's take the first part of the question here. 
How would you feel if your children started calling you by your first name instead of calling you dad? Well, well, we're asked to uh, uh, address Yahshua by his name. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's the pro- is there a problem there? Uh, but Jesus also, uh, when he's uh, when he was getting ready to go through the passion and ascend back into heaven, he said. Yeah. Uh, I am your friend. Okay? Yeah. I am your friend. He addressed his brethren as their friend. Uh, friend. So, yeah. n- not as their lord and master, but as our friend, as our brother. He asked us as to take... Y- yeah, as 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 his equal. As right? the equal, boss. He, exactly. He stated that... Uh, uh, we do that. Okay, uh, we lost you for a second there. Could, okay, could you I'm, repeat that? I'm, I'm, yes. Uh, even uh, before his death, um, when he was um, he, he's, was pointed to his mother and uh, and and he said um, to to uh, I, I can't recall exactly where it is, but he said um, these are my brothers and this is. Um, this is your mother, and this, these are your brothers. Right. I'm just trying to, to recall the exact scripture, um, but but it's very important to know that he he actually named his disciples the equals or his equals. Uh, yes. And even with even with his prayer to unto the Father, when he took his disciples into uh, in, in a fairly private place, when he spoke with the Father, he said. Uh, he, he's praying for these that the Father had given him, mm-hmm. um, which which is was actually very personal, a very personal relationship or very personal discussion between Father Almighty and Yeshua. Yes. Uh, yes. I just want to get to that scripture. It's just passed my mind for a moment, Pastor. Okay. But, uh, yeah, definitely we're... Uh... We're supposed to, certainly as we practice obedience to his laws and get closer to him in spirit, we are to be uh, consider him as our friends, as he does to us. So, I mean, yeah. this is a very, very close and personal uh, association. And uh, yeah. we, should, we should be honored for him to call us friends, right? That's what we should be. We should be honored. But of course, uh, the, the Christian world overlooks this aspect of the, you know. But this is the, this is not how the rest of the world views it, and uh, the, the Christians themselves have failed to observe what's really going on here in in this yeah. verse. Because number second part here, while you look for that verse, we are not adopted. We are not adopted. Yeah. We are uh, we are placed as sons. The Christians are not adopted by Yahshua. We are we are raised to the level of being his uh, you know, sons. Uh, that is heirs of the kingdom. That's what yeah. the Bible really teaches, and that, that applies exclusively to the Adelphos from the womb of the matriarchs of the patriarchs. Because that's the word Adelphos means from the same womb. So nobody is adopted into the covenant. You're either you either have the blood in you or you don't, and that 
that's that's the covenant relationship between us and Yahweh, and and Yahshua affirms that through his uh, his entire ministry. Okay, yeah. so that so so he asks, since Christians are called adopted, that's a false translation. Can you see why it makes sense that Jesus would teach his followers to pray "Our Father" instead of praying "Our Jehovah"? Well, be, well, he's yeah. also our father, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we we can choose to use a title or his name as we see fit. That that's my response to your comment. Yeah, uh, Pastor, I've just got a bit of a crisis here at the moment. Oh, you do? Uh, can you? Yeah, uh, okay, I'm I'll, going I'll, to have to go. Silent okay. for a very short while. I'll be with okay. you in a moment. Okay. Well, I'll carry on. I'll carry on. All right. So then he goes into uh, quote Galatians four four through six. God sent forth His Son, who came to be out of a woman, and who came to be under the law, that He might release by purchase those under the law. Not the whole world. He came to redeem only Israel, because only Israel was put under the curse of the law, namely that uh, we would need a Redeemer because of our sins, that we in turn might receive the adoption as sons. Again, this is a false translation. The word adoption is the wrong word. It should be placement. The The word in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew means we're already of the correct genome, and an adoption has nothing to do with it. You're already a son, but you have not yet been elevated to the position of heir. That is what the, the verse is saying. Now, because you are sons, which he asserts in the very next passage, you are sons, that's why the word adoption makes no sense in the previous sentence. Well, if you're already a son, why be why you adopted? No, what he's talking about is being placed as heirs. What's we have been given the Spirit at Pentecost in 33 A.D. Now because you are sons, you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, and it cries out, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 4 through 6. He's clearly telling the Israelites there of Galatia that uh, they're Israelites who are the the placed sons, placed as heirs. When we fully mature as Israelites, then we get placed as sons. In In my opinion, in the New Testament era, we have to acknowledge that Yahshua is the Son of God, and he is our brother, he is our kinsman, we are his kinsman, and we are the covenant people, and he came to redeem us. If we do not acknowledge all of that, then we reject the covenant. We reject the covenant. Uh, item number seven. While it is true that God's name appears throughout the Old Testament Hebrew Scriptures, this says nothing of the New Testament Christian Greek Scriptures. If it is important for Christians today to use God's name, why is there no evidence for God's name being used by the early Christian writers of the New Testament. And let's see what he has. I guess he's playing devil's advocate in these questions. With the Christian Greek scriptures, the New Testament, no ancient Greek manuscript that we possess today of the books from Matthew to Revelation contains God's name in full. 
There are thousands of copies of the Christian Greek scriptures in existence today, but most of them were made during or after the 4th century of our common era. This suggests a possibility. Did something happen to the text of the Christian Greek scriptures before the 4th century that resulted in the omission of God's name? The facts prove that something did. Well, actually it did because the, the Septuagint, which was composed by Judahite scribes approximately 250 B.C., copies of that original Greek translation of the Hebrew do contain the name of Yahweh written right to left, and there's documentary archaeological evidence that this is a fact, documentary evidence that the name of Yahweh was written in Paleo-Hebrew right to left within the Greek Septuagint. Okay? Yes, correct. All right. And so, uh, and I've uh, I've presented the evidence, you know, uh, at Eurofolk Radio a number of times. Your comment at this point, if you uh, uh, if you're listening, uh, Pastor, yes, with the many of the uh, contortions of the scriptures came with the translation into the Septuagint, uh, because it was only with the Septuagint, or initially with the Septuagint. Um, no, rather it was uh, after the Council of Nicaea in 325 in the current era, uh, the contortions of the scriptures appeared in the Vulgate, and from the Vulgate it was migrated into the Septuagint, which was written in Greek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, the the contortions or the the uh, deceptions in the scriptures were uh, were only inserted or mostly inserted after 325 in the of the current event or the current era. Common mm-hmm. era. Yes, yes. So, but but essentially, what has happened is that in the Greek and, uh, and other languages, I'm sure, the, uh, the the Greek substitutes for the name of Yahweh, such as Kyrios and Dominus, etc., have come to predominate in the translations. And this yes. is why we, we no longer see the name of Yahweh in those scriptures. It's simply a matter of translation. And, and yeah. uh, in, in my opinion, th- there's no reason to translate uh, a name, especially if you use, lose the meaning from the original language in the translation. Your, your, your point here, your comment. Yes, Pastor. Um, what one can see, for example, how the name of Yahweh was also migrating with time from the Yot, the Y, to the J. And one is um, one is sort of nudged to believe and to see that the J was merely inserted into the um, alphabet for the sake of deception. Because there's no reason why the, the, the Y's pronunciation would change from the J uh, pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's no justification for that. And uh, most people don't even realize that there was no letter J in the English language until, uh, you know, the 17th century. <laughs> right? That's correct. So, yeah. Not even, not even William Shakespeare knew the word Jew, for example. 
Right, it was you. Right. I E W E S. Use. Yes. Now the the word use was even introduced into the English translations only into the in the 1400s, because prior to that, the word that was used in the scriptures was Judahites, being the uh, the descendants of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. or the Judeans pertaining to the people who lived in the same country as the Judites. Right, right. Okay, so uh, here's the int- uh, question number nine, or comment number nine. In spite of the evidence that we have for the accuracy of our New Testament Christian Greek manuscripts, what facts does the Watchtower Society appeal to in order to prove that God's name was removed from these manuscripts? Answer, Quote, we can be sure that the Apostle Matthew included God's name in his gospel. Why? Because he wrote it originally in Hebrew, unquote. Correct. Okay, from the divine name that will endure forever. Okay, and this is a, a yeah. sore point among many Bible scholars, whether the, the, the gospels were written originally in Hebrew or in Greek. Uh, your comment here. Uh, Pastor, I have no doubt that the original writings of the uh, Nazarenes, as it was known in those days, would have written in the language that they spoke. Mm -hmm. It would have been written in the language that was intended for the target audience, which were the Judahites. Right. And also the the lost tribes of the house of Jacob, which they knew was originally Hebrew. So, of course, if, if one looks at the critical words, for example, where um, the Messiah had raised the daughter, um, he, he, he called out and he said, Talita Kumi, which is Hebrew or Aramaic. Uh, when, he, when he suffered and died on the uh, tree, he called out, Tetelestai, it is finished. Well, it's translated into it is finished, but the word that he First of all, he called out and he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is then translated from the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Why would certain words be given in Hebrew and certain words or the rest of it given in Greek? Purely because they didn't have the correct translations available at the time when they translated it into Greek. Because the Greek is a translation. There's another thing as well, a very important thing. And I think I did mention it previously, Pastor. Okay. And that is that the the idiom, many of the the uh, teachings of the of our Messiah, does not make sense in the Greek translation because of the idiom that is used. However, if you translate the Greek back into Latin. And from the Latin back into Hebrew, you will find that the the idiom that is used in the Greek, once translated to Latin and translated from Latin into Hebrew, fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yes. Very good. So, yeah. so, so the the forward and backward translation does not make sense in the in the in the in the youngest tra- translation to which it is translated, but translated back into the original, it does make sense. Yes. And yes. there are quite a number of examples of that. Yes, yeah. I see in uh, point number 12, he does address 
the um, the Septuagint and uh, the fact, yeah. and, and we here at Eurofolk Radio, we, we stress the validity and the value of the Septuagint because the translations, number one, are more complete because the Masoretic text has deleted a lot of material. And if you, yeah. you know, and if you look, uh, for example, the Septuagint version of uh, Book of Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. the, the Book of uh, Esther, does contain the name of Yahweh. Okay, yeah. but in its translated form, it's translated as Kyrios. But as we pointed out, the original version had the name of Yahweh in Paleo Hebrew, right to left. Yeah. Okay, so this is a matter of translation. The fact is, it was in there. That's the point I wanted to make. You know, the, it is yeah. in there. Okay, the, so the other go ahead. thing, go ahead. The other thing about the um, um, the translation, yeah. What I do find is that very often, when I compare the Afrikaans translation and even the King James version of a certain uh, text in the scriptures. I will find that the English translation is not as accurate and the Afrikaans translation is not as accurate either. Then I, for example, I look at the English version of the Roman Catholic translation, which is the Dujay Reims version, mm -hmm. and I find that it is far more accurate in the English translated by the Roman Catholic Church really? than that which is translated from the by the so-called um, uh, Judeo-Christian churches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, King James had his own agenda, you know, to absolutely to, to, to promote the authority of the Anglican Church, right? Yeah. So. Okay, so uh, skipping down to number 13. Since the Septuagint translation of the Hebrew Old Testament scripture does not contain any of the books of the New Testament, uh, Christian Greek scriptures, well, that, that is understandable because the, yeah. it was written before the New Testament era. Okay, so we, uh, people ask, no, you won't find a New Testament in the Septuagint because it's a, it's a direct translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. That's it. Okay. Correct. How can the Septuagint's inclusion of God's name prove that God's name was in the original Greek manuscripts of the New Testament? Well, yeah, it can't. You know, there's no relationship. If God's yeah. name has been removed from the New Testament Greek scriptures, just as it has been removed from the Old Testament Septuagint, wouldn't we expect to see evidence of these changes by finding variations in God's name in the Greek New Testament manuscripts, just as these variants are found in the Septuagint? Well. I would say no, because the Greek is a translation Fine. from the Hebrew. Uh, how do we know whether they translated it faithfully? Okay, that's the question, yeah. right? By by keeping the sacred name or not? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, again, from the uh, book, the divine name that will endure forever, it states, God's name remained in the Greek translations of the Old Testament for a while longer. The removal of the name, the name, although appearing in manuscripts, was used less and less. So it just went out of fashion by the translators. Eventually, many readers did not even recognize what it was, and Jerome reports that in his time, certain ignorant ones, because of the similarity of the characters, when they would find the Tetragrammaton in Greek books, were accustomed to read, uh, I can't make this out, uh, accustomed well, to read. Well, that is exactly what, 
that is exactly what he's trying to uh, indicate. <laughs> right. Okay. Those characters there do not indicate Yahweh at all, or the Tetragrammatron at all, because they. Um, yeah. The gibberish. Letters. They were just, yes, letters. Gibberish. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of letters. Okay. But so can yeah. you? Can you smell an agenda, Pastor? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, as very often happens, uh, tra old traditions are replaced with new ones gradually. And yeah. uh, you know the the fact that uh, that the, it did exist in the Greek Septuagint and that the original language of the New Testament was Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to fault the translators for excising you know, the Tetragrammaton out of these documents, okay? Correct. So I guess he, uh, the, uh, the quotation is expected, is literal. It's four, no, six. Six instances of the letter I. I, 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 I was substituted yeah. for the Tetragrammaton. That's crazy. That's absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then he says, uh, Ignorant ones. So, in other words, it sounds like Jerome is saying that the ones who made this change are ignorant ones. Let's go to point fourteen to see what uh, what he yeah. uh, means here. Okay, where do you f look to find either the Hebrew characters YHWH or the Greek characters I I I I I, I substituted by ignorance ignorant ones for God's name in the Greek manuscripts or the Christian New Testament? They are nowhere to be found. If God's name has been removed, why is this evidence completely missing, not only from the 5,000 partial and complete Greek manuscripts we possess of the New Testament Christian scriptures, but also from 36,000 quotations of the New Testament made by early church fathers? Well, I would say it's quite likely by the time of the early church fathers uh, that uh, you know the name was already beginning to go out of fashion due to the nature of the translations. Because they didn't have the original Hebrew scriptures. Yes, something else, Pastor. Yeah, okay. One must, one must remember that the church fathers only started coming into existence about 1,200 years after it was written, which gives them plenty of time to rewrite right. and rewrite and destroy. Oh. Those were the original names. Okay, uh, would you repeat that, please? I, wasn't, uh, I didn't quite get uh, what you said um, there. Go ahead. The, the the term church fathers refer to the reformation of the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. That is where the term church fathers came in. Right. Um, oh, okay. And which is only a, a thousand, more than a thousand years after it was written originally. Right. So that gave them plenty of time to first of all retranslate and retranslate and eventually come up with the version that they wanted to be propagated. Destroying right. those that had the you. original names. Yeah, yeah. And this is exactly what they did to the writings of Paul, having uh, plenty yeah. of time to retranslate what Paul said, right, and universalize it. You, you mean to retranslate what Paul didn't say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, given the fact that uh, the well, Herod himself, uh, that everything he could to destroy the records of the Hebrews, because he himself was not a Hebrew and w was yeah. afraid that that fact would be proven to everybody should those uh, documents continue to exist. 
only it appears that only the Pharisees have any extant versions of the old Hebrew scriptures. Nevertheless, yeah. the name of Yahweh is in those scriptures. It's just that yeah. Yahweh exists in those, but it's translated as L-O-R-D instead of keeping the name of Yahweh in all of these modern translations. Yeah. Well, just just to prove that there was an agenda and that agenda is still very much alive today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's all kinds of um, groups out there. Uh, let me put it this way. There's been a backlash against yeah. the use of the name of Yahweh uh, because I'm, I'm quite positive that Christian identity has been in the forefront of repopularizing the sacred names, okay? And because yeah. we have engaged in this popularization, uh, the Jews and certain Judeo-Christian sects have gone on the attack to attack us and say, what's this Yahweh cult? <laughs> what's this Yahweh yeah. cult? All right. And so they're attacking us, you know, as if we're making something up. No. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. In, in, in fact, um, there are quite a number of Afrikaners, Cape Dutch Afrikaners, who are waging a very, very mean and uh, mm. um, a, a, a waging a war against uh, us with whom have come into the truth and uh, using the correct names. It is as if they are possessed by an anti-Yahweh mm-hmm. spirit. Yes. Which, of course, one can identify very clearly. You, you look at... Uh, everything that they say, they're propagating the lies and deception that that, that the church has been propagating and um, for over the past 40 generations. You know that it's 40 generations since the um, the the Council of Nicaea. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 40 generations of mistranslations. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is again. This proves the value of the Greek Septuagint. Because even though the translation of the Septuagint from Greek into English, there are many suspect translations in there as well. The fact is that archaeology has proven that the sacred names were in the original manuscripts, okay, and nobody can deny that anymore, all right? So it's, it's really a question of which translator chose to keep the sacred names in place or which translator chose to omit them and change them to yeah. a, a modern rendition, okay? So, or uh, to and, a title. Yeah, or to a title. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, since we have the, both the, the evidence of the Greek Septuagint and it's still contained in the Masoretic text, apparently the Jews saw no reason to excise the letters YHWH from the Masoretic text that uh, it's there. Yeah. So deal with it. It's <laughs> okay, it's there. Yeah. Undeniably. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So all of this uh, latter discussion about, you know, should we use the name of Yahweh or shouldn't we, you know, in, in my opinion, yeah, absolutely, because it's our heritage. And, Correct. Uh, yeah, and as long as we're not disrespectful and blasphemous uh, Israelites, we have nothing to fear. Uh, as long as we're not Edomites, we have nothing to fear. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, so uh, in point number 16, uh, since the Watchtower Society agrees to know Jehovah's name is something very different from knowing the four letters of which it is composed, it is to know by experience that Jehovah really is or what his name declares him to be. Now, of course, we simply would uh, substitute Yahweh instead of Jehovah. Correct. Can you see why true Christians today sanctify God's name not by promoting the four letters of which it is composed, but by teaching people who God really is? Well, the question is, do they really teach who God is? They don't. No, they don't. That's the problem. Absolutely not. Yes, yeah. Pastor, looking, well, speaking from an experience uh, which I have been uh, exposed to over the past five years and four months and a few days, ever since my coming into the truth of the scriptures, I find that so many other people who do attack the truth, they are they have nothing to offer in the in the place of it. If if you debate yeah. with them, they run out of their arguments very very soon or very rapidly. And when you put your evidence before them, they start ignoring the evidence and they start doing what I commonly call character assassination. They then try and right. kill the messenger. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and if, if they cannot do that, what they do then is they then try and attack the authenticity of the evidence that you put in front of them. And if you Add, the more you add the evidence to what you're, you're stating, the evidence of the truth, the more they deny it. So I've reached a point where I don't debate Scripture with Edomites anymore. It's pointless. No, it is Try pointless. Convert an Edomite. Right. And uh, so, so I've conceded to the fact, uh, I, I've been, quite an, on a number of occasions, people have tried to lure me into a, a debate which is about the scriptures and about um, what the church had been teaching for the past 40 generations. Mm -hmm. And I tell the person, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to debate this because it would be pointless. And they ask me why. And I would tell them because it's pointless to try and teach the truth to an Edomite. Yeah. It's not given to them. Right. Yeah, and, but and of but, course that's that sends many of these people spiraling, spiral, spiraling, because they cannot take that, they cannot tolerate that to for somebody to tell them, look, I don't want to argue with you because it's not given to you. Right. But right. that is fact. That is what the Messiah also said. Right. And even a secularist like Douglas Reed, who wrote the book The Controversy of Zion, having you know read the New Testament from essentially a non-theological eye did did see yes. what many Christians refuse to see and that is yes. Yahshua's total rebuke of the Pharisees from beginning to end in all four Gospels. Exactly. He never prayed for the Pharisees. No. He called or, them yeah. the, the seed of Satan. He called them the seed of the viper. He called them um, uh, the liars and children of the the father of lies. The descendants of Cain in Matthew chapter 23. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. Although Douglas Reed missed that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
But even a well, secularist can see how the New Testament just excoriates the people we know as Jews. Yet our, exactly. our Christian brothers and sisters don't see it. Yeah. Uh, something which is also very important, you mentioned about the uh, Cain, uh, the, the sons of Cain. Yes. It's very important to also note that the Pope has already said on, a, on some occasions that no man can call himself a Christian and also and not be a subject of the Roman Catholic Church, ah, which is very important. Right. Yeah, the right. second that he, thing that he also said, it is the, only the Christians or the Christians that have been given the sign of Cain. Mm -hmm. And that he meant by the... Ooh. The christening of babies, they're given the sign or the token of pain. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they do it incorrectly anyhow because uh, you, you can't christen babies uh, because they're not able to repent. You know, baptism. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. There's, yeah. There's Go ahead. No, there's no scriptural founding or funding or foundation for any of the these um, rituals performed by the Judeo Christian churches, right? And to whatever whatever extent the daughters of Rome uh, mimic the the great harlot, yeah. the the mother Rome, the Roman Catholic Church, they still do that. Now, some of them do, although some of them insist on full immersion while an adult capable of repentance. That is the correct way of performing yeah. baptism. Okay. Depends on the denomination, yeah. but obviously we shouldn't be mimicking Rome. We shouldn't mimicking the great harlot uh, and, and yeah. the false prophet. Uh, I, I guess in this case, uh, I mean the the vileness of the Roman, uh, the, certainly the Vatican, is beyond dispute, and yet the mass media does not call the does not popularize all of the debauchery and the the uh, child abuse that's going on in the Roman church, they continue, you know, they, they keep propping the Roman Catholic church up, even yes. the mass media, because the Jews are propping them up. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've run out of time. Uh, I think this concludes our discussion of the, the sacred names and uh, the, the controversy surrounding it. Thanks for joining me for this series, Pastor Martins, and uh, look Thank forward to Pastor. talking to you again next week. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much, Pastor. Greatly appreciated and sorry for the interruption. No problem. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. All right, folks. Talk to you later. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you again next week. See you.